I'm Lottie Morley and this is Ladypod, the new podcast celebrating wonderful women. My guests will be sharing their inspiring stories about how they got to where they are now and a few funny tales along the way. So my guest today says she's a mentor of superwomen with a degree in social communication and a passion for self-development. Over the past nine months, she's helped more than 400 women through her online programs and one-on-one mentoring. Isabel Diash is from Rio de Janeiro, but lives in New York with her fiance. Hello, Isabel. Hello, so Thank happy you. to be here. Thank you very much for being here. I really <laughs> appreciate it. So tell us what you do. Oh my gosh, do you want the fancy explanation or the yes. real life explanation? <laughs> a bit of both. Let's start with the fancy one and then we can always go into the normal well, one. Well, great. Um, I help women to unlock their potential so they can live their dream lives. Um, and... That's the fancy explanation. But what I do is that I help women to work through their limiting beliefs, low self-esteem, and all the things that are actually holding them back without them even noticing because I was there once. So I'm like, hey, sister, I'm going to help you out. <laughs> like, So that's basically what I do. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> and how did you get into that? You said you were there at one point yourself. Yes, I was there at one point myself. This is actually not my, at college, I went for marketing, um, a social communication. So I was in the marketing world completely not worried about people at all. Um, and, uh, but I was there. I was this person who I always tried, like, like I always had this amazing dream of, working with internet and travel around and just like being supported by the internet which sounds like magic but it's actually it's completely <laughs> possible nowadays um and then i started this whole thing with internet when i was seven years old i did my first blog telling <laughs> everyone in the world about the cd that my dad bought for me at the mall <laughs> so interesting right i love that i would read that <laughs> <laughs> i was super excited but i love this thing about creating content I'm receiving feedback. When I started looking around for what I want to do when I grew up, I found out about marketing and digital marketing and influencers and all those kind of people. I was like, oh, so actually there is a thing. So at 14 years old, I started my blog and I love it. And I would share, I was always kind of like the friend that everyone goes for advice. So the advice that I would give my friends, I would put on my blog. And then one friend share with another friend and another friend and one friend. And at one point, the blog had, um, I think, 100,000 uh, visits per month, oh, wow. which was crazy. It was like before YouTube boom and everything. It was only the blog era. But I would always stop. Every time that the blog was doing good, like, oh, I was published on BuzzFeed. That's awesome. I don't feel like posting today. So I was pay like one month, two months without posting. And my audience was like, what is happening? And I was like, I just don't know how, like, I don't feel like it. Gonna go back again. Okay, the blog is in a magazine right now. Gonna stop. Then come back after two. So it was always this sense myself that I am not good enough. Like, and this feeling of... I know that inside me I have potential, but it's kind of something's holding me back. It's kind of like there is this invisible wall that every time that I get close to the other side, which is my dream, I stop myself. And I had no idea. And I lived that for many, 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 many years. And this constant feeling of not being good enough. And on the top of that, um, I was super anxious. I was depressed because of this feeling. 
I was a very obese kid, uh, obese kid. Like I was extremely overweight when I was a children. And when I went to 13 years old, quinceaneras are a big thing in Brazil. So I was like, I really want to do a quinceanera and use a beautiful dress. So I dropped like 30 kilos, like in two years, like by myself and went from 90 kilos to here in UK is kilos too, right? Or is pounds? I don't uh, know. I think it's a bit of both. Kilograms it's a bit of and pounds. Kilograms, uh, uh, kilograms yeah. or yeah. stone. Yes. I don't Either know or. stone. Yeah. People I know can kilo- Google it. <laughs> so go for In Brazil is kilograms. Yeah. So yeah. I was like 90 kilograms when I was like 12 years old. I dropped 30. And I was like, I finally can do my quinceanera. But in this whole thing, I started developing like... Um, Binge eating, and after binge eating, I started developing bulimia. And so this whole mix of not feeling good enough, and like in these four years, and I thought that was just weak. I thought the problem was myself. I'm not good enough, I'm weak. Got into college, this whole thing is still happening. More and more in love with digital marketing. Started working on internships and on agencies of digital marketing, seeing how real it was. Again, my dream was on the other side, but there was this wall stopping me I'm almost there now I know how to make this a business and I was like I just don't think I have enough to be a businesswoman and well stuff started happening I actually uh, got in came across the digital marketing business in a way that people sell their online courses and the programs and at the beginning I was like oh this is just people who are like trying to get money from other people. This is just so wrong. And like they're trying to sell me a course is going to change my life in three weeks. Are you kidding? This doesn't exist. You weren't buying it. Uh, now I'm doing this. Yeah. So I'm like, but they work. Okay. So I start working for a life coach. Um, she's actually one of the most renovated life coach for weight loss in Brazil. Oh, wow. And she have, uh, she have like, but for, for weight loss, in a way, and that was very hard for me because I am the one like, there is nothing wrong with your body. There is nothing wrong with your weight. But then she worked with women who had problems with food like I did, who were like addicted to food and had bulimia and binge eating. And it was so funny because working with her, I was like writing her stuff, writing her emails. And I was like crying because it was like, oh. this is me. And I started like passing through this process. And this was the first time that I actually understood that the problem wasn't completely me. Like, I was self-responsible for the life that I have created, but there were a lot of belief systems inside of me that I had no idea and were the ones who always made me stop when I was... So I still had my audience, right? Building the audience since seven years (laughs) old. So um, I started, like, talking to them on Instagram about, hey, I just found out this amazing thing and this happened, really sharing my experience on what I call today, call today, uh, building my dream life. And they started to see the differences in me. And I was like, oh my God, you are actually being, creating content and not stopping. Oh, you are uh, traveling the world. You are doing those amazing things. You are different. You feel different. Please teach me your ways and I will pay for it. And at this point, I had already uh, studied, went through a lot of courses on actually self-development and everything. I was working daily with an amazing life coach. So I was like learning from her. So I was like, okay, so my first mentoring, I charge, are you guys ready for this? A hundred euros on this for okay. six, no, 
that's nothing, guys. For, for, like, for what? What'd for you get? six weeks with the person. Oh, wow. Like, and I was like, okay. Oh, okay, wow, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, I was like, six weeks, like, more than 10 hours with them. Like, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making money having people. <laughs> this is great. Like, paid nothing. But I was basically paying to work, but I was mm. very happy. Um, and I already found out how to work remote because... This, this life coach that I work with, all of her team is remote. She doesn't believe in nine to five. And I think that's amazing. And that's something that I carry on my company today. And it was also like, this is great. And that's when I started traveling the world while working, but I wasn't working for myself. So this developed. I saw one girl and another girl, another girl, another girl. And last year, in October, actually, this this month is the anniversary of one year I start officially making this a business. Congratulations. Yeah, it's amazing. And today, this is like my main job. This is my company. I was able to quit the other job. It was the coolest quitting day ever. All my bosses hugged me and said, we are so proud of you. Oh. We are so proud that you're like understood your calling and everything. Because mm. digital marketing people have this thing about calling and purpose and serving people and being like able to receive through that and grow through that so they were very happy for me and uh, yeah we are here today <laughs> oh my goodness that's a, a timeline and a half isn't it I mean you're only 25 years old I'm only 25 years old you fitted a lot into that I would say yes. I mean, I'm older than you and you got it together got it completely together by Thank the sound so of it much. <laughs> Was it was it something significant that happened to you when you were younger that made you think this is what I want to do, or do you think it might be part of growing up? Well, I grew up in a family that serves people. Like, oh, my parents are pastors, so my parents are pastors, my grandparents are pastors, my uncles are pastors. So I grew up in this very selfless um, family where it's like at four a.m. people would call me dad and say, "Hey, my son is in jail. Could you come?" And my dad would go. On a Sunday, uh, like after service, like, hey, um, my mom died. Could you go? So I really grew up in this family where helping people was just a part of life, you know? And I make fun because my sister is a pastor as well. I was like, I'm the black sheep of the family. I actually <laughs> help people in, a, in another way. Um, so I grew up with that. So it's a very um, normal thing for me, like helping people, giving advice to people. But... The thing of this is what I want to do, like this is was I, 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 I leave for this. I think it actually came when I was um, in my, I, I worked in a lot of places as a digital marketing before living, uh, working with this coach. And the last place that I worked, I was giving, I was a consultant for the Brazilian government on digital marketing. Um, and then I came to the boss of my project and I was starting to, uh, like I was actually, consulting for the coach I was not fully working with her and consulting for the government and one day I talked to my boss in the government project and said hey um I actually work I finished my work around like four and I can't leave until seven which is just so stupid mm. uh can I use those two hours to study and she said yeah of course use it so uh, the guys from the life coach had sent me a few videos on digital marketing so I can understand and one video was about finding your purpose and finding why and I was in the middle of like the most government building you can ever think and I was like with my headphones watching the video and I was like I can't cry I can't cry I can't cry and then the guy just made a question and he was like what would you uh what 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 is the one thing that when you get up in the morning really angers you because the word is that way 
And then I said to myself, women living in life, feeling like they are not worthy. And then I just said that and was so loud in myself. And I wrote that. And it was just like breakthrough moment in the middle of a nine to five, like nine to six, nine to seven job. And it was the moment that everything made sense because I was already in the journey of unlocking my beliefs and everything. So it was the thing like everything came together. And I'm not a fan of people thinking that those are those huge breakthrough days that everything is going to change in that day. Mostly people this doesn't happen if you keep like waiting for this day you will never have it but actually that moment was a huge breakthrough heaven's opening like oh my god this was what i was born to do you mentioned briefly about your you know you grew up and you had an eating disorder yeah so you specifically help women now mm-hmm. is that right yeah. yeah yeah and do you think that your own experiences help you to help others? Yeah, completely, completely. Because when you go by the book, there's some stuff that you don't understand. Mm. Like um, when you go by the book and you're like, <clears throat> see some stuff or see some patterns and you're like, this doesn't make sense here. It doesn't go. But you truly leave that. You can understand and say, hey, you can put yourself in a vulnerable place and say, hey, I know what you have been through. I have been there and it will go away. And... It's help, it helps so much because I can help them telling my stories and my story gives them hope because when you admire someone, like I'm, I still have tons of work to do. I am not like the most put together person at all. Like I do therapy and I told my therapist, I think I will need you more and more every day. Like, could you please marry me? Stay forever <laughs> with me. Um, but I still have a lot of work to do, but I'm so happy that I can inspire some girls. And when... I inspire those women and they look at me and say, she's here and I really admire her. And she's saying to me that she had been where I am now. It kind of gives the hope of like, yes, I I can do this too. So I think that this putting vulnerable in this place really helps them somehow with my story. Yeah, you're inspiring them. Yeah, by the sounds of it. Yeah. (laughs) And what was it like growing up in Brazil? Did you ever feel a pressure to to look a certain way? Completely, especially Mm. in Rio. Um, well, I, I grew up in Brazil, but I never felt that I was going to stay there because at six years old, I made the decision that I was going to move to America. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I started, I started, I made the decision. You do everything young. I was like, yes, around. I was just like, yeah. So I started, I started studying English when I was six. Mm. Um, but so I always looked Brazil in this curious way, like an anthropologist saying, hmm, <laughs> why those things are happening? But there's some stuff that you really only see when you are out of the culture and, Rio is a very, like, oceans, your body, it's kind of, like, commodity, like, for everyone. Like, when you're on the street, it's normal. But in Brazil, you have this pressure, especially in Rio, to look very good. Because in Rio, summer is all year long. So you're always on pool, you're always on barbecues, you're always showing your body. And everything, you, you just have this pressure when you look in the media, the beautiful boss like Giselle or queen of the whole Brazil, like her most or proud and joy. Mm. But you see her body and actually it's not at all like a Brazilian body. A Brazilian body will be more Kardashian than Giselle. Mm. But still, you, you have this thing to look good, to look hot. It's not even look good, to look hot. Mm. To look hot, to, to be... So there is this... People in Rio are always with gym clothes and everything. So it's a very cultural thing. And there is this whole pressure because in Brazil I'm not pretty at all like in brazil what a pre- you would be 
like goddess in Brazil just because of the fact you're <laughs> well, no, you, you so are much. a goddess. You can stay. You are a goddess. <laughs> no, but here you in... are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but you should move to Brazil because people would like you there. <laughs> It wasn't that, but I'm, I'm saying joking, that if I'm you joking. move to Brazil, you're like, you get really? guys all over here because you're blonde. Oh, I see. You were blonde right. and you are European. Oh, okay. So the oh. European beauty standard in Brazil is You're making like, me sound exotic. You know, <laughs> you know how I feel now. I don't feel like that <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> so like the European beauty standard in Brazil is very strong, mm. like to be blonde, to be thin. And it's so funny because people always want what they don't have because... It's exactly what I was thinking. I know. Is, is, it, is it not just that people want what is exotic no so so over here i i do think that maybe i mean to be honest everyone's got personal taste haven't they but maybe um somebody from brazil yeah men might go oh you know wow yeah, it's she's she looks amazing because then, she's, it's yeah. something a little bit different to what you're used it to it is mm. yeah completely mm. and there's a whole sexualization of brazilian women but that's another topic yeah um but the thing is that like it was i never felt pretty at all and i wasn't i wasn't a beauty standard because i wasn't blonde i wasn't thin but what what women do they dye their hair they mm. don't eat they do all those things to have this stereotype of what is hot and even if you are like the hottest woman on earth you probably won't see it mm. you probably won't believe it and even though outside you are like super fine inside you're <laughs> thinking like there's a lot of, of problems going on yeah. everyone thinks like that mm-hmm. I, I think it's. I think that's normal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and when you were saying that that you think you're a commodity in Brazil, mm-hmm. are you talking about men and women, or just is it just women? Women way more. Mm. Like there is a very um, in Brazil. I don't know, but the the um, more than sixty percent of women were raped already, or had another or attentive or rape. So men on the street like. Catcalling is way harder. Mm. Touching you, touching your hair, touching your shoulder in a bus, like it's very normal and uh, people accept that way more. When we were speaking earlier, you were talking about, I'm just jumping back to what you mm-hmm, said before, mm-hmm. um, you were talking about limiting beliefs. Yes. What, what does that mean? There is a reason behind everything that you do. Um, so let's suppose you were a kid and your parents are always, this was my example. My parents were always like, that's so good that you got an A on literature and history. But what about the C you got in math? You could do better. Okay. So my brain, the brain have to tell you stories to make you understand things. So it was like, okay, so when I'm not the best, I don't get love. Hmm. Another case that I see. A lot in the girls that I help, they were abused when they were kids. And then they will hear the abuse say, you are so beautiful. You are so pretty. And then they understand, huh, if I'm pretty, I'm going to suffer. So I shouldn't be pretty. So in our society, what is to be pretty is to be thin. So they develop this crazy bad um, relationship with food, uh, trying to hide their emotions, actually camouflage who they are. This is not for everyone. There's like some cases. And they grow up, it's like, I can't understand why I can't stop eating or why I start, uh, uh, I don't believe in diets, but okay. If I start a diet and I stop a diet, uh, why why this happens? And this is the brain saying like, don't get pretty. If you get pretty, you're going to suffer. So for mm-hmm. me, for example, uh, when I started a project and I couldn't go all the way through the end, I w- or I couldn't be the best, I would stop because it was my limiting belief saying, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna be the best, you're you're not gonna be loved, so it's better stop. So this is kind of we on a subconscious level 
operating like with the same systems and the same way that we read the world when we're seven years old, which doesn't make sense anymore because you are in a completely different environment. You are living, you are, you are a grown up now. You're not a kid anymore, but your brain doesn't understand that because your brain and your brain is doesn't doing that because he's mean and he doesn't like you. It's because he have one job to keep you alive. Mm. So those things are not important when you have to breathe and blink. Like what could be more what could be more yeah. important than blink? <laughs> and then your brain have to keep those things going. So he put an automatic palate for these huge decisions. Mm. Um because in some level he thinks that doing that thing, like getting a body they're comfortable with or going all the way through the end in a project that scares you, in a way, your brain thinks that if you do that, you're going to die mm. because it caused you too much pain in the past. So uh, the whole thing that changed my life, that made me like start things and finally go all the way through the end and what I help women with is basically uncovering those things because we have no idea. Most of them, we have no idea. And uh, like creating new belief systems and implementing those new belief systems. And it's incredible, which everything happens way more organic and naturally after it. That's really interesting. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot to think about. Yeah, it is. I'm sitting here like I'm in a therapy session. Like, yeah, I should definitely. I was like, tell I me should... about your childhood, your relationship <laughs> yeah. with your parents. I'm like, I have so many limiting beliefs. <laughs> there are some limiting beliefs that are good. Like, don't put your hand in the fire. You're yeah. gonna get burned. <laughs> yeah, that limits. But you. it's limiting. That's good. Me. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, but I need to put it in the fire. Yeah, I'm the thing you. is, when it's actually holds us back and there's this feeling like why i'm leaving this again why mm. this is happening again in the areas of your life that you get really upset with yourself why i'm doing this you should pay attention to those areas because they will show you like some some stuff that you have to work through okay what would you say is the most difficult part of getting to where you are now <sighs> knowing that even when you do your best things won't happen the way that you want them to happen in your brain. Like I have a deep, deep, deep belief that nothing ever goes wrong. And that even when something happens, not in the way that you think it's supposed to happen, it's actually taking you to the place where you need to be. Like, for example, the way I met my fiance, I was super late for the service that I needed to go. <laughs> and then I was because my friend got an upset stomach, got stuck in the bathroom. I was like, oh my God, I will lose this service. I will only be able to go. I met him in church. How Christian of mine. But I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I will only be able to go to the last one. And because I went to the last one, I sat next to him and we met. If I had been, if things happened in the way that I thought it was supposed to be, I would never met him. So all those little things in life that when it happens, you're like, I can't believe this happens. But when you see your life today, you're like, if, this have I would never be here. It all makes sense. Yes, mm. and you, you can live such a more like life is so much lighter after you have like a few. I was like, yeah, this is it true. I'm not gonna worry about those things because they are actually taking me. So this is a deep belief that I have. But for me, it's still very hard because of the uh, limiting beliefs that I'm still working. When I do my best and things doesn't happen the way that I want it, so. I'm not perfect. Sometimes when I'm in the middle of a lounge and it's not going good and I'm really not in a place to be very like wise and everything, I open LinkedIn and I look for marketing jobs in New York. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to quit my business. I'm oh, not no. going to do it. But then two minutes later, I'm like, what am I doing? Get I could never grip, like, get together. Like, <laughs> Listen to your together. own. Practice what you <laughs> preach. Completely <laughs> that. And this is normal. And this is the thing. Like, we don't have to think that we get to 
this phase in life when nothing gets to us mm. and we are perfect there are gonna be times that things are gonna be hard but and you have to allow yourself to feel the pain and to go and it's like oh my god everything's going wrong i want to quit but then that's the moment that you check in with yourself and say mm, i'm not operating in the belief system anymore i have a I'm new one that. we've yeah. discussed this like, to we yourself <laughs> we and the therapist we've discussed this like we're not gonna do this do you know what? I think everyone should have therapy. Yes, it's I, amazing. I, honestly, I've had therapy before. And it shouldn't... I, I think some people are quite like, oh, guys, I need to go to therapy. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed about that. I don't think it's embarrassing. No. I think it, I think it's actually something you should be proud of, that you're, yes. you respect yourself enough to work on yourself. Yes. And to, you know... Yes. Everyone should have it. Everyone, everyone. should understand why, like, the things that you've been saying. Yes. Why am I acting that way? Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably, be- it's, there's probably a reason, but you need to talk everything. to somebody to get it. Yes, <laughs> yes. To somebody everything. who knows what they're talking about. Completely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference between, like, first about therapy, what you were saying is so true, because if you think the relationship with yourself is going to be the longest relationship you will have in your life. So you have to work for that relationship, yeah. you know? You have mm-hmm. to have the talks and the hard talks. And therapy is kind of like someone helping you deal with yourself. Um, but the, the thing that I love about mentoring and I love about therapy is the difference between them. Because a lot of people came to me as like, are you a therapist? It's like, no, I'm not, I'm a mentor. Because a therapist, they never tell you what to do. They are like, oh, okay. what do you think about that? What's, and the mentor, the mentor have been where you are. So the mentor is kind of like the person oh. who is like, the guide in a forest is like no i'm a native guide i know so he kind of like works you through a process that is quicker and it's gonna help you to get where you are but i think both things they are really really good together because one is the kind of like do this have you thought about this and show you how you haven't like been thinking to kind of like have this fast process and therapists therapy helps you to go like way deeper in the process but figure it out by yourself so i think they're amazing things to go hand by hand and of course depending on the season of life you are in as well oh maybe i'll put myself in for both yes <laughs> go for both it's the best i do both She's like, here's, my website. Yeah. here's my email we can talk about payment plans after Absolutely. no worries how, how much 100 euros for 100 100 weeks was it okay. <laughs> sounds great it's like, it's like, <laughs> So what for you is the best bit about helping other women? Is to be able to stop the cycle, to stop the cycle of not good enough. There is nothing wrong with you and, and just put the things that you are in charge to create the, the, your, your dream life. So break the cycle is the most amazing thing ever. Like seeing my mentor is now opening business, like traveling the world, getting in relationships that they're not abusive relationships and just being okay just being happy with themselves it's just so amazing because when you change like a woman's life you change so many things after because let's suppose this woman is going to decide to be a mom you change her life you're going to change the way that she raises their kid their kid which is amazing and every woman is a leader in their workplace even and in their families even if they don't believe that but we have so much influence so when you change a woman you're actually like Changing the thing who, for me, is going to change it all. So what other women inspire you? I love, this is so cliche of me, but let's Go do it. it, Oprah. So much. I love that. Like, go big. Like, every time that I'm having a bad day, I go and I watch Oprah's masterclass. I just love her story. I love the fact that she failed and that she took a while to understand her purpose. Two questions here. What is the worst thing about being a woman? do you think 
being afraid. I'm so afraid to be alone on the street. So just being vulnerable all of the time and having to check yourself so you don't provoke mm -hmm. anyone. So you don't, you know, oh, you started. So I think the worst thing about being a woman is this sense of being afraid, even if, when you are in a safe environment. And to follow that, what's the best thing about being a woman? Mm, creating life in so many ways. Not only in um, kids and babies and stuff, but something different happens when a woman gets in, into a place. You just bring this joy, this life, this, this beauty to a place. Not even beauty like yourself, but just change the environment. You create life everywhere you go. Thank you for listening and thank you to our guest, Isabel Diaz. Kira Cohen Ennis produced this episode and our wonderful theme tune is from Easy Peel. Next time on LadyPod... We just felt like there wasn't enough space for writers from BMU and represented backgrounds in Cardiff. So we really wanted to create a space that was welcoming, warm and, you know, people would just turn up and test out first drafts of the work and be cheered along and encouraged to produce more. I'll be joined by writer Dure Shawar. Until then, have a great week.